Look, just so you know, I'm not a total nerd. I also happen to be super into close-up magic. All right, nerds. Let's nerd! Get those nerds! Nerds! Welcome to Nerd. See, she's gonna cut me right off. Well, you didn't. Say, you didn't tell anybody I that you were gonna jump start. right in. Welcome to Nerdables. I'm your host, Ra Rain. With me, as always, is Engineer Ethan. I'm hey. still going to buy you an, a, a, a train engineer's hat, and I still won't wear it. A train whistle. And joining us once more this week are vloggers Emily Marsh of Jana Solo herself. Or Jana Solo says, "Pardon me." <laughs> Can you please get my name right? Oh, gosh. Can no, you spell it? <laughs> J- yeah, I could spell it for you. J-A-Y. J-A-I-N-A. I know. I'm making a fun. <laughs> and joining us once more is the dashing one, the TV guru himself. That sounded so unenthusiastic. <laughs> like you're upset that he's <laughs> actually <laughs> joining us. Here's Dave again. <laughs> God. It's okay. Uh, I, I, I got a play date with Arabella later. So yes, and she misses you, by the way. Well, she'll have to come visit. It's only yeah, a, you know, going to Connecticut. You know, I'll just throw her on a plane right now. It's only doesn't, a six hour Doesn't she plane. make big money on all these commercials that she's <laughs> apparently auditioning for? She was just out for a couple of films. Um, uh, matter of fact, she was out for so SpongeBob jealous. last week. It's so annoying. I babysit a lot, and like a lot of my kids are, have more successful careers than I do. I'm like, dang. That's because they're children. I know, because they're children, and they don't have to have any experience to be hired, and blah, 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 blah. No, they just need to be cute. My my, my daughter goes out for quite a bit of stuff, and I'm going, oh, excuse me, can I? We're, we're, yeah. we're, can we're, I play know, her dad? I haven't been out for a long time. I, I've gone into roles, where, you know, into auditions with her, and she's. I'm going, oh, I'm perfect for this role. You know, let me go in. Yeah. So our satellite Nerdables One is going to be working overtime today because we got Dave coming into us from the East Coast. We got Emily coming into us from Disneyland, basically. (laughs) So we are just all over the place. We're (laughs) underground. In a bunker. We're in a bunker. We we were waiting for the zombie apocalypse, and so we're just going to stay here. Yeah, that's probably that's that's probably a good idea. Although. Uh, yeah, I don't watch The Walking Dead. That's that's one of the ones I shame I don't, on you. I, uh, Wait, you're uh, supposed to be our TV guru. Yeah, yeah, I, I am. But uh, you know, just because something's you know cultish doesn't mean I I, I just follow blindly and you know. Hey, so you're I, breaking my heart, Dave. You tell me it, you're doing these TV columns and yet yep. you're not watching the two of the best shows on TV right now, being that's, The Walking that's Dead that's and Breaking Bad. I don't know. I, I was I was raised on you know the big three networks, and you know then Fox <laughs> came along and it screwed it all up. Hey, don't forget about CW there. You know you can't. Oh, screw well, everything yeah, up. I, I preferred it when it was the WB. And yeah. It, it, isn't CW now just like teen romance? Uh, night? No, it, it's co- it's like hot. It's like hot people on it's a show. Like teen they, supernatural soap operas, and uh, uh, and even Arrow, like which that. is totally different, but it's pretty much the same with them. Yeah, no, it's basically let's cast some hot young people because they know the only, after all this time, the only audience they're going to get is the young crowd. And basically the network 
being owned by, by CBS since you know CBS's demographic is you know 75 and over. <laughs> um, you know, the, this hey, except for, except for the Big Channel? Bang Theory and How I Met Your Mother. Oh yeah, well hey, I, I mean let's see. There's uh, how many shows do I watch? One, two, three, six. There's about like a dozen shows I watch on CBS, so you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a lot of good programming. So yeah. for our fans that are playing the drinking game, here's your first. So, anyways, <laughs> since we are talking about TV, I thought we will continue with that with our fall preview. Woo! A lot of good shows coming up. What I to me the most anticipated show is Marvel's Agent of Shield. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm super excited. I can't even tell you anything that has Joss Whedon attached, and we get to. I mean, we're not necessarily going to see Avengers per se. They say at least at first because it's more about the non-superhuman aspect of Shield. I'm really excited by that premise, actually, because like, you know, we all want to be super, but this is a kind of a cool way to explore if you don't have superpowers, how you can still like make a difference and. Apparently, it's a lot of other other hot people, you know, CW-esque-like, because that's a comment apparently people have made a lot about the cast. So, but I'm super excited. Well, I don't think we're going to see too many tie-ins to Avengers, if any, after the pilot. I, I They want to do it as their own special Black Ops team, and it'll actually be a way to to separate the, you know, the two parts of the universe and allow them to save money on special effects and things like that. But for me, what I'm worried about, and you know, it's been expressed by um, other people on our show, and we've done you know some podcasts early on when Shield was announced that you know a lot of mainstream people are going to be expecting the Avengers movie, and when Those they get people are stupid. well, but when they get something different, you know, are is that going to take away from the fan base, or you know, are they going to not want to watch the show, which is going to cause the show to be canceled, adding another canceled show to Joss Whedon's portfolio. Which we really hope that doesn't happen. No, you just see, this is the thing I've always said about people, is people need to stop expecting same things that they're, you know, like if something is made from another entity, to have to stop expecting things to be the same. Especially nowadays when everybody's trying to come up with new ideas, you can't go into a show with an expectation because you're already going to, it's already going to fail in your mind. Yeah, plus, I mean, you don't, I mean, people don't really, they're never happy with, like, the same thing anyway. Like, if someone tries to do the exact same thing, everyone always comments, like, oh, it wasn't as good as the original, or it wasn't what I was thinking it was going to be, so they should just let that go. And hopefully, I think, I think what Joss and them want to do is hopefully actually increase the fan base by showing another facet of the world, like you said, but keeping it separate. So I think it would fit in well, because, I mean, there's lots of, like, the crime dramas, like the CSIs and the NCISs, like not necessarily, or like the cop shows, and it won't be quite the same because it might have a like a hit of the itch, um, of the supernatural in there, which I think will possibly appeal. I guess it depends on how they ground the show. But well, I think let's ask Mr. Guru, tell us what the premise of the show is. Uh, well, obviously, I think you guys have kind of touched on it—the fact that they're going to focus on the. Uh, you know, non-superhero portion of uh, the Marvel universe, um, and, I, and Joss's you know focus on this is certainly not going to be the superhero aspect of it. Um, he's, he sees that much more as a you know summer blockbuster. You know, it's 
superheroes are something that work well on a giant screen eating your popcorn in the dark. Yeah. Uh, for a TV show, you know, anyone who's watched you know, Buffy, Angel, Firefly, um, his shows are very serial-esque, which you know, appeals to someone like me. I love serial shows uh, because I like to you know, try to figure out what's going to happen and whatnot. Uh, a lot of you know, older generation people prefer you know, things like procedurals where you wrap up the entire story in an hour. Um, a lot of this one, this, I don't expect this to be like a blockbuster show. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't expect this to, you know, pop into the top 20, you know, as a, it's, it's not going to have the popularity that obviously the Avengers movie did. And, um, I hope, you know, people who are, are looking forward to the show have, you know, heard enough about it and the people in it saying that, hey, this is not going to be the movie. Um, you know, they might have a connection to a character and, uh, you know, the whole plot line of how they've carried these movies out um, and tie in possibly certain episodes. Uh, I would imagine certainly things like, um, you know, episodes that would be in May sweeps coming up before summer movie season that would, you know, possibly tie into, you know, Captain America 2 or Thor 2, something like that, where, you know, just to interconnect the two, the two media, uh, the TV series and uh, the movies. But I think it's, you know, if you're, if people are going to expect, you know, superheroes fighting on screen for an hour every week, it's, it's certainly not going to be that. Um, I think the key to the show is basically if, ABC lets it stick around long enough. Um, in my opinion, you know, none of the none of these shows that end up being, you know, revered and very popular are instantly awesome. Um, the number one show on TV these days is NCIS, and when it started, it was you know middle of the road, wasn't even as popular as CSI. It just gets more popular year after year, and uh, especially with serialized shows and sci-fi shows, the creativity really seems to peak around season three. Um, and so I think the success of the show and, you know, it, it's all going to depend on, I think, how much of a leash ABC gives it. It's, I think that they put it up against NCIS. Um, I kind of brought that up, um, right. but they're both airing Tuesdays at eight. And from one standpoint, you may go, Oh, well, they're putting it against the number one show on TV. That's not good. But at the same point, people who are watching NCIS, not necessarily going to be the same people watching shield. And it also, despite all the hype shield has, it's probably the most hype show of the new season. Well, there's, if, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, on Tuesday nights, there, uh, besides NCIS, there's really not a lot of TV programming that, you know, would really appeal to a younger audience. And this audience, audience is obviously going to be probably 16 to, you know, 35 is what they're going to be hitting the demographic at. And obviously, you know, they'll want to get the comic book fans, things like that. So you might see, you know, some minor characters show up as an introduction, you know. Um, before they have a movie, if they if they get lucky, I know Samuel L. Jackson has talked about wanting to either you know be in the show, come on the show, or do the voice like he's Charlie from Charlie's Angels. Yeah, of course he does. 
Um, do you think it's going to be more of a procedural, or do you think they're going to start with an arc and continue through the whole season? Uh, I would think... I think Joss has enough clout with the success of Avengers that I don't think it's going to be designed to be a procedural. I think it it 60% of the show might be that, and then the rest will... Um, be more serialized and you know week to week and over in order for it to work it's got to have um you know a typical joss whedon story arc like buffy and angel right well i mean Um, one of the problems people are you know the problem and also you know maybe a saving grace to the show is that it could easily turn into the villain or hero of the week you know so every week you're going to have a different hero or villain show up from the marvel universe which can you know be helpful but also hinder it as well yeah and that's i mean that's the same pro that's what smallville went through its first season i remember right you know, smallville i mean i, I liked it right from the beginning the, the last three seasons weren't nearly as good as the first six yeah. and a half or so but i remember you know the comments middle way through the first season was oh okay uh it's it's, it's a freak of the week you know right okay what's who's the and then it again it, it takes a while for a show that is not, you know, a CSI procedural, you know, there's a, it, there's not a formula to it. It's, it's got to find its own creative uh, roots and what's working and where it wants to go. And, you know, I, I don't really have, I, I'm not worried about where it's going to go creatively. Cause I think this is the first time maybe since Buffy that Joss has, I think had kind of like a green light, like, here it's you know it's your show you make you know we're not gonna tell you what to do i I would think marvel has more say in what goes on than abc has well if i'm not mistaken in josh just directed the pilot but it's not really going to be hands-on with the rest of the series he's just executive producing it he's got a writing staff that's coming in that was on uh dollhouse doing it right his brother's yeah they're the ones the ones in charge but the fact that his name's on it, I think, will allow you know the creative team to go where they want. Where I mean, anyone who watched Dollhouse, Joss kind of had a way. He wanted to take it, and Fox was kind of like, "Uh, this sounds a little too much like prostitution." So maybe yeah. we can, you know. I love Dollhouse, by the way. I thought it was a good show. And it's it. it I think you know. I I'm I have kind of kind of a vendetta against network executives because they don't really know anything about creativity and they just firefly well i think that's the that's the plus side with joss being the executive producer on this one is basically you know he's got the power to um you know basically let things go or whatnot you know to a degree i mean he was an executive producer on firefly and on dollhouse and you know it just got to be the point where you know, Firefly is kind of one of those enigmas that, you know, unfortunately the network just totally screwed that up. They showed episodes out of order. They threw the time, you know, it just, it was all messed up. And, you know, poor Joss and poor, the, the poor cast all got in the crossfire of that. Yeah, but, but that wasn't his fault either. Yeah. You know, that was, that was the TV studio that screwed that up. I'm the other thing with Firefly was I think it was ahead of its time. It should have, if, if mm-hmm. Firefly came out in 2007, it would still be running. Can yeah. I make a comment about the, uh, just to really quickly go back to the, like, what will the, like, uh, show follow in the, I'm thinking this is a guess, a prediction, but 
I'm thinking it might take like a mentalist, uh, which is a CBS show, uh, mm-hmm. not, like that kind of thing where in the show, he's always trying to find Red John. And that's kind of like the overall story arc because Red mm-hmm. John killed his family. And then, but in between, he helps them solve cases that are the more day-to-day, week-to-week thing. So, and then it's not in, like, every episode, but it'll come back in every once in a while, like, you know, the common thread that they kind of check back in with. And I think that Marvel uh, for S.H.I.E.L.D. will probably do something similar to that. Like, maybe there'll be an overarching, you know, nemesis of the season or whatever that they'll dive into every now and then, maybe for sweeps. And here and there, maybe give clues to that'll eventually point the way. And then in between, they'll do some other uh, other baddies, is my guess. Yeah, that's what what Buffy and Angel kind of did. Yeah, and then Dollhouse followed that. Yeah, and you you see a lot of successful shows that are, you know, in the, you call it the overall nerd genre that do that. Doctor Who is famous for that. You know, Sherlock, you know, all the Moffat stuff was, did stuff like that where they're all, they all feel like procedurals, but there is, you know, an underlining arc that's being taken place they will continue through the whole season and every once in a while you get these little tidbits and you go oh wait they referred yeah. you know they referred back to that or they did that and so it keeps you interested if you've been following it from you know the starting point all the way to the end but if you're also a new person jumping on the show you can jump on it at any time during the week and i think that's the that what's what makes the most successful tv shows is the ones that have the overall arc but it's like the one that just lingers, especially if it's a good story. You know, and those people are always going to want to check back to see what happens with that story arc. So besides Clark Gregg, who I'm actually thrilled is coming back because I love him as Agent Coulson. I'm worried how they're going to do it. He but lives. I Well, I, I trust Joss enough that... They say it's complicated, so it won't be like in the first episode we won't find out all the details. Like even Coulson, they say, doesn't know exactly. Like he thinks a certain thing happened and they that maybe it wasn't that simple. Well, well I, and I I'm hope not watching it ever again, then. I, I hope it's not <laughs> something like, you know, it was just a, a ruse to get the, a, you know, the Avengers motivated. I don't agree. Uh, I, I, hope, I hope it, there's a lot more to it. But besides Clark Gregg, who are we going to see in this one? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, you want to take this? Anybody can go. Okay. Uh, um... Well, the only other really big name that people probably know is uh, Ming-Na, um, who a lot of people know from ER. Some people know from the movie Mulan. Um, she's Love been on a Stargate. lot of stuff. She did a guest star in Private Practice, too. <laughs> uh, it must have been after. Uh, I think I stopped watching. Was that this last season? Oh, Private Practice? No. Yeah. If, she's, if she's the voice of Mulan, then no. It was like back in season one or two, actually. Really briefly, it was just like she was the friend of, um, uh, was it Amy? How do you think of like judging? Uh, Amy, but that's yeah, not Amy Brenneman. Yeah, yeah, Amy Brenneman. Yeah, she played like a po- politician that was a friend of hers, and okay, yeah, and, and doesn't matter. Tangent. Go back to the story. That's okay, um, but I think uh, this is a good show for there not to be like star power. Um, there's. There's a ton of shows that are on this year that have, like, huge names on it. And this one, I think the huge name is just right in the t- title, Marvel. And then, you know, and I think recently that's what's, um, you know, they're getting a lot of good actors that are not known now. Yeah. Thank God. You know, like yeah. on TV shows. And I think that's what's great is, like, you're finding great talents. And it's not like, oh, well, we're just getting this big name, so you're going to watch it anyway. You know, you're actually going to sit there and watch it because these people have talent. Well, what happens with yeah, a lot yeah. of times when you have a big name in the show 
which yeah, they did confirm that Colby Smulders will be in the you know in pilot. the pilot, so, yeah. which is cool. And you know now that uh, How I Met Your Mother's ending, there's a possibility that she could that, that they're talking and negotiating to bring her on to season two, which wouldn't be bad. And then there's another tying because she's going to be in Captain America and in Avengers, and you know she's basically you know, the second in but command. Even she, you know, even she's not as huge as some of the people they bring in. Like she's definitely got a good foothold and most people know who she is, mm-hmm. but she's not on that level where it's like you say her name and everybody knows who she is. So that's, that's still, well, that's the thing. Enough, they have Clark, important. uh, they have Clark Gregg. And so that's their big name to draw people in. And then the rest of the ensemble cast are basically no names. Which so even Clark Gregg's not it. a major name. Yeah, yeah, but people know him from the Marvel because movies. it's one of the biggest grossing movies of all time. Right, so, right. Yeah. and it, it does. The, by putting him in the show, it gives you a continuity between the whole universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially because he had such a big role. People, will, when they see his face even on the previews, They'll be like, oh, I know that guy. You well, know? he's also such an interesting character that it'll be great to see them develop you know, that, that role even more. And the, yeah. he's also, because of what Clark Gregg has brought to the role, he's, it, he's starting to show up in the comic books, too, as Agent Coulson, which is really oh. cool that you've had this character that was developed solely for oh. the movies now cross over into the, you know, into the comic book pages. So speaking about big names in shows... One of the biggest names that has to be showing up in in television now is Robin Williams in the Crazy Ones. Yeah. I have so mixed, I have so many mixed feelings about this show. I, I want it to be good. I love Robin Williams. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, you know, I I do like from Buffy, but I she's one of those actresses that I I like. I enjoy her, but I don't care enough about her to you know to see everything that she does. And she doesn't care about you. Uh, obviously. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't need to care about him. You know, we, we had a falling out a few years ago, and, you know, that's uh, where... Yeah, sure you no, did. you're just joking, right? Anyway. Yeah, he is. Okay. There's number two for those that are taking a shot. <laughs> yeah, so this... I mean, this one is... It's it's one of several, I think, that it, you, you kind of want it to work, and you're almost worried that the name's too big for the show to handle. Like almost when I read the idea for this one, I thought, well, maybe Robin Williams will be there for a season. And then his character will just, you know, having done so many movies and whatnot. And I think a lot of times when actors go do movies, then coming back to TV is kind of like, uh, I don't really want to do this so much. Um, it's a sitcom, so it's easier than certainly doing an hour drama. Well, what, what is the show about? Because I, I haven't, I mean, other than just seeing the commercials on CBS, I haven't really been paying much attention to it. Yeah, it's, I purposely don't even watch commercials for these things because I hate, you know, what TV does. And they either, you know, just say, oh, it's this person and this person. So watch because you like them in something else. Or it's, here's the entire plot. So now there's no point in even watching the episode. So um, other than the fact that, you know, it's a sitcom based kind of in an advertising world. Um, which can be funny. Which, yeah. It's, I mean, that, just being in an advertising world. Advertising world, to yeah. It. It's, I mean, I, I tend to be with sitcoms. I ignore what the premise is and just kind of go with who's in it because a lot of times even what you start with the premise, it's not even you know where the show ends up 
heading. Mm-hmm. But this yeah. is this isn't the standard, you know, four camera sitcom that you normally see with CBS. You know, like Big Bang Theory, How I Met Your Mothers, and okay. so on. This is more of a single camera, um, almost shot like a drama type sitcom, kind of like your Modern Families and things like that. Right, which makes sense considering, uh, you know, I um, the more thing I'm most worried about is probably Sarah Michelle in a sitcom. I mean, she can obviously mm-hmm. do comedy, but she hasn't really. Yeah, she hasn't done too many comedies. I mean, I guess you could consider uh, Scooby Doo a comedy, but right, as a, well, yeah, as a movie, that's just laughable. I don't know if it's really a comedy. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. It's a, it's the wrong just left. Yeah. And she's been on uh, Robot Chicken, but you know, just doing voice stuff. So I mean, no, she does great as a dramatic actress. It's. I mean, I'll be interested to see how well she does. But yeah, I don't uh, think we should underestimate Sarah like uh, in comedy. I think like sometimes I feel like especially when people see you in a certain genre. Like yeah. I was. T- uh, Wayne Brady said something to this effect. Wayne Brady actually, he's the guy from Whose Lines It Anyway, and and does uh, some other shows as well. But he started out, he wanted to do drama, and people just saw him more in comedy, so he ended up there. It doesn't mean they're not super talented in that genre. It just means that, like, if someone sees you there and you have, like, one success in that area, then I think they hesitate to kind of, like, ooh, let you branch out into something different. So Mm -hmm. I think Sarah's got the talent and the ability. I think it'll depend on largely, like, the writing and the rapport between her and Robin. Well, see, and that's just it. Robin Williams can make yeah. anyone else seem like a comic genius just yeah. because of his, yeah. his you know what he brings to the table yeah i think yeah. can, can, can i tell over. a quick funny story about him that no. i know from a friend absolutely not Next. <laughs> no, i'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna tell it anyway all right so, well hurry throw yeah. for I'll, be really quick. I'll be really quick so he was getting some work done in his house one time and um one of my friends he was a construction worker and they were all fixing this part of his house and he kind of just walked, walked in one day with his like picked up one of the tool belts and started acting like one of the construction guys and basically by the end of like 10 minutes had the guys laughing so hard that they actually had to quit work for the day and come back because no one was getting any work done and it just wasn't going to happen. So I thought that was really funny. Like, And that's just... when he fired them all. Yeah. Well, I mean, Robin Williams is one of those guys where he, you know, he's naturally a comedian. He's yeah. got great improv skills, but he can do a dark drama as well. Yeah. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen that happen, you know. Yeah. One hour photo. Well, yeah, but I think you see bits of it in Goodwill Hunting that he's got the acting chops to be serious as well. Like right. Jim Carrey, no one thought he could be serious till they saw Truman Show, and then they're like, "Oh, you know." Well, so look at him in Dead Poet Society. You know, that was yeah. that was a drama, but he brought a comic element to it. You know, even even in the midst of some of the harder, you know, dra- dramatic scenes, he had such a nice element to it that it, it gave some levity to it. Okay, so what do you think about the Tomorrow People? I mean, this is a CW show, and it looks like CW just went through and just copied everything that they were doing. And oh, so we're doing a show with really hot, young-looking people. people. Yeah, that's yeah, and that's uh, perfect copy. Have, um, I don't know. I'm kind of hoping this is more X-Men than you know, like No Ordinary Family. It, you know, it's about like you know these kind of superpowered people, but I'm not really sure. Exactly how their superpowers develop? Is it a mutation? Is it you know whatnot? Do you think this um, is their answer to Shield? Uh, I don't intent. think it can. I don't think so. In you know response to it, I I think it's just I think it, it more might just be a reflection of how well Arrow did. Yeah, and like in the supernatural shows, like 
Well, like, like supernatural, supernatural. And, yeah. and you know, Vampire Diaries. They do really well for that age group. So I think this yeah. is just them trying to find another way. And they did, like, The Secret Circle, which was witches. And so now I think they're just trying to find a new supernatural angle idea for another show. I mean, the producers behind it are, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're from, they're from Arrow, Vampire Diaries, Chuck. Um, so, you know, I'm sure... You know, you put that kind of clout together, you know, the CW is going to go, oh, hey, well, we have a pretty good show no matter, you know, what it's about. Um, this is a remake of a, of a 70s, 70s show, yeah, British show, I, right? I, I'm, I'm too young to remember. Um, but, you know, it was, it was kinda, that one was basically about, you know, human evolution and the next stage of human evolution. And, you know, that's kind of where, you know, the tomorrow people, you know, people of tomorrow. Well, what um, worries me about that is, as we've seen with many, 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 many shows that have been, that are British shows that have been yeah, converted, to, yeah. yeah, to convert it to you know an American audience, it doesn't work. You know, The Office is one of the ones, the main ones that did work, but even if you go back and watch the British show, it's so much funnier than the American version. Uh, I think, uh, in this case, I don't think I would think I don't think. Aside from the blur mentioning that, you know, hey, it's a remake of a 70s show, I don't think it's going to have anything, because this is 35 years after that show was done, and science and technology are, you know, leap years different. Right. So I don't even think, aside from the fact that, it, you know, its <laughs> genesis may have been in that idea, it'll be, you know, any sort of trying to copy what they did it's but this i mean the idea heroes did this you know several years ago you know you could say heroes is you know well, heroes had one made. really good season and everything else was them trying to figure out what the hell are we going to do next and they ran the the big thing was the season two was the writer strike and right screwed up the entire plot of what they were going to try to do and then they were trying to scramble to put things back together mm-hmm that. That's why I moved down here, BTW, which is great timing. Can I just tell you? <laughs> you you moved down here because of the writer strike? No, no, no. I moved down here. It just happened to coincide with. I would say. they they knew you were coming, and they said no. No, we're not writing. That's right. it. <laughs> Nothing. So with this cast, though, I mean, there's not a lot of really. Uh, you know, I mean, there's people that you go, oh wait, I re- I've seen that person from you know I something but or other, but there's no one that really stands out as you know being. Just like every other CW show. Yeah. It's that's that's kind of because they're all these are all young, hot people. So, you know, they, if if they were already known, another network wasn't going to let them go. So, you know, they, you know, these these should all be new people. Everyone will probably recognize that it's. Um, well, there's a few Mel's brother. Um, you know, so there's the arrow connection there. Right. And but, you know, again, it's. It hasn't hurt any of the other shows that work well on their network having you know absolutely no one in the cast you yeah. know, even recognized and then suddenly they go to you know uh comic-con the following year and you know oh my god oh. i love you yeah i feel like cw is a is a stepping stone for actors mm-hmm. like i think it goes like mm-hmm. abc family and then CW, and then <laughs> some of the more new major networks that's just a guess but that seems well, like to disney me... channel and ABC well, Family. Disney Channel and ABC Family, I kind of put them on this. They're, they're the same. So what you're thing. saying is the CW is the little bit more racy version of ABC Family. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. ABC Family sometimes has, you know, these weird supernatural shows. Didn't it? 
had uh, had the nine lives of Chloe something or other. Chloe King. I did background. <laughs> on nine lives. Oh yeah, yeah it's um, yeah, had an interesting premise, but I didn't think the acting it was, was based on a book series. But then, like, yeah. yeah. So Fox is going to be having almost human. Yes. So we get a uh, fringe. Uh, you know, there's two shows. There's this one, and uh, there's one on CBS. It's kind of like the J.J. Abram, Abrams family tree here. Right. Uh, and this is the fringe half. Um, uh, Fox JH1. hasn't had a lot of luck with these type shows. I mean, they, they've had a little bit of success. You know, Fringe did, you know, fairly mm. well. But they seem to not be able to, to grasp, you know, these shows or get a really good hold the on these formula. shows. Yeah. Or, I mean... It, I just don't think... Um, I don't think it's going to do well. I'm going to go off on a limb and predict that now. Almost Human, I don't think it's going to make it. I mean, it does have Carl Urban, which, you know, he. I mean, he's had some great success with Dread and with uh, Star Trek. He's, he's brilliant in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's going to be enough to draw people into it at first? You know, or, or I do don't... You, I think... I mean, I would think the Fringe and JJ connection would have more, um, Paul. But, I, again, like, it's, it's kind of like... From my standpoint, and I love Fringe, I love Alias, I liked Lost until the final two hours. Um, <laughs> it's it, it, these the shows that these guys come up with, they're cool shows, and it, they're just not the sci-fi genre is just not something that's probably ever going to grab like you know current NCIS ratings. Right, it's just. It, it's not something a lot of people don't even have patience for it in this DVD generation shows like this are ones that they won't follow from week to week during a TV year. They'll just wait for the videos to come out in, you know, following September and then watch them all in a day. Sure. Which I can't stand because it's like eating a bunch a, a carton of ice cream all at one time. It's I think one of hey, the, that's a good thing. Hey, I just did that with Breaking Bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think that one of the pitfalls for shows like this is that, I mean, I've, I've probably said this before and I'll probably say it again, but I think when it comes to a supernatural show or a sci-fi show, sometimes people focus too much on the sci-fi or the, the crazy aspects of it and not enough on the relationships that ground it in reality. And, and people will watch something crazy for a little bit but they tune in week after week for the characters and so if you don't spend enough time like making sure those are interesting or that those have a place to go and you know that people can relate to and and like then it doesn't matter how much cool sci-fi or storylines you throw out there like well, I mean, see, see for me that's that's almost the opposite of really? like i mean i know characters are, i mean there are certain shows where like you know, ncis one of the reason it works extremely well is because of the relationships it's not just a boring procedural but it, for shows like Fringe and whatnot, sure, I like the characters and their relationship, but I tuned in every week because I wanted to, you know, figure out what, you know, the cool sci-fi part was or oh, how the story yeah, arc yeah. was going. Stuff well, like that. Battlestar Galactica. People. I'm just saying that if you don't ground it there, at least in the beginning, so people know, like, who they're rooting for, then they can really enjoy the other aspects. If it's all about, like, if you had no idea what else everything was, I just, you know, I wouldn't watch it as, I wouldn't feel the need to watch it as, much well Battlestar Galactica did a great job with you know character relationships and character development and still had a really cool sci-fi aspect to it and most people that tuned into that show 
weren't tuning into it for the fact that it was a you know sci-fi space show. They were turning into it because of the characters and what was going on with those relationships. Uh, yeah. yeah, and so, yeah, they I, so figure out the cool science stuff like oh the the you know the uh, which ones or who and you know oh maybe the real person is not actually a person maybe they're you know and so on and so forth. So it was kind of both. So, so I mean. I mean they can work, you know. You're going to you're going to draw in a bigger audience if you have more of a character development and character relationship than yeah. if it's just about whatever new science or sci-fi you know situation or monster that's you know involved in it. Yeah, I just um, I would I would rather you know if from the premise it doesn't really sound like it's going to be the only sci-fi part of it is that you know there are like half androids in the future, which right. It's not really a shock. We're already we're already making them now. AJ JJ Abrams really doesn't have anything to do with it other than being the production company involved right. with it. It's not yeah. like Shield, where you have Joss Whedon who's hands on as far as with the pilot and maybe development of the you know the creation of the show. This is just a JJ Abrams production company. Yeah. You know, a yeah, bad it's robot. Very similar to pretty much everything since Alias. Right. Um. You know, he lost, you know, he basically gets him up and running. And then after the first season, he moves on and creates something else. So he's got lots of ideas. Yeah. Hey, is Revolution still on? I know. Sorry, yes. random. Yep. Yes, it is. Okay. Moved which... to Wednesdays this year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which Revolution is actually a really good show. I enjoy that. Yeah, I like it. Speaking of NBC, um, mm-hmm. they have The Blacklist. Yeah, this so, is. I mean, if you if you watch TV commercials and uh, watching football these last couple of days, they only showed about seventy two ads for this show. Um, right. It's got James Spader, and it's it's certainly not a sci fi show. Um, it's you know, basically this government agent who um, becomes he, like the he's like a most, most wanted, and uh, turns himself in, and then he helps. Um, helps the FBI kind of um, well it's a lot cooler than the way I sounded but uh, <laughs> I tend to you know just kind of get a sense of something and then you know whatever um, is this one going to be a procedural do you think I think they're probably gonna since it's NBC and they want something to work I think they're gonna try to heavily push it in that regard since they know procedurals you know get viewers um but this one has more of a feel, um, I don't know, maybe like I, I was able to get through a couple episodes of Hannibal at the end of last year on NBC. Yeah, what did you think of that, by the way? Uh, I, I mean, again, I can only get through the first couple episodes. I was kind of waiting for something to take us in some sort of story arc plot that made sense, but nothing seemed to be gluing together. So I was like... Um, just this creepy guy, uh, and it, is he supposed to be the Hannibal we know? It, 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 I, I, yeah, I, I couldn't see enough continuity and flow to it to um, keep watching, but um, it, it is getting a second season. But I would, that seemed to be kind of a, there was a, you know, criminal of the week, but a third of the episode was, you know, about the ongoing you know, relationship between like the two main characters. And, you know, I could imagine Blacklist doing that where, you know, each week, you know, he helps them catch somebody 
uh, in a procedural kind of way. And, you know, the rest of it kind of deals with, you know, how we got into this position um, to begin with and kind of backstory and stuff like that. Um, well, anytime you do, you know, a show based around such an iconic character, sure. yeah. it, you're, you're setting yourself up for possible failure. You know, because you, you already have a fan base that is going to be sitting there watching this, expecting the character they see, they've seen in Silence of the Lambs and actually yeah. the Hannibal movie, you know, but they're not going to get that. It's like when Red Dragon came out, you know, which is the, which is what, I guess it's the first one in that series. Yeah, which I think it was the third one to come out. Right. Even book-wise. Um and it just it didn't go over as well, you know. I mean, everybody you know wants to see, you know, Anthony Hopkins sitting there in a yeah. cell with the mask on, and you know, giving the famous lines, you know, that have been not only have they you know been etched into everybody's minds, but you know they've been spoofed and you know done over a million times. And you're not going to get that in this type Which of show. Which brings back to my point that they're just, they're not going to be happy with anything that's not the exact original. Like it either needs to be totally different or it needs to be exactly the same and nobody's happy with like shades of gray. But the blacklist isn't going to be I mean uh, you you're talking about something, you know, that it's its own, you know, yeah. it's, it's not its a, own I mean, property. It's not a character yeah, that's existed idea. before. Right. Um, and and Spader does a brilliant job on you know in a dramatic role. Yeah. I mean, I loved him in Boston Legal's one of my all-time favorite shows. Yeah, and he he does have the chops to bring in a little bit of a, a comedic element to it. So, you know, it's not going to be so heavy-handed all the time. Which is something so, I think you really need for something that's more dark and dramatic. If you don't have at yeah. least a couple little points of, like, humor and comedy, then yeah. then people are just going to get depressed and it's going to go to a really dark place. Like, you have to yeah. find a bit of a balance there. Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, this is probably the best bet for a season two on NBC's new slate yeah what, what do you think about uh dracula it, it, it works well i think putting it after grim it's going to depend on i think what the story i mean i've kind of you know heard the premise which is a little goofy but you know the, you know goofy premises have worked before it's what exactly think, is the premise i, I don't really it, understand it well i mean i try not to read too much into it because i don't really want to know what it is but the gist I got was that he's kind of like jumped ahead in time, sort of, and uh, now he's in England posing as a um, uh, like a writer. Yeah. And so I, it, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly going to okay. tune in, and you know, well, it's going to be kind of like the same thing with Sleepy Hollow. You know, you have Ichabod Crane who now has jumped ahead in time. And now he's going to be working for the police to try to solve, you know, the case of the headless horseman. But I'm it, way more interested in looking into that one. I'm, I'm, I don't know. For some reason, I'm really excited for Sleepy Hollow, but I'm not that jazzed for Dracula. Dracula. That's just a personal thing. I think both of those shows. I mean, they're, they're, both of those shows will probably end up with a second season, but you're going to see the the fanfare trail off after that. You know, I don't think that, but. Especially Sleepy Hollow, you know, you're going to get to a very one-noted type of situation if you just stick with your main villain is the Headless Horseman. You know, Dracula, I mean, has... I don't think it will. Dracula has a little bit of a, a potential to, to go a little bit further because, you know, it is Dracula and he's not, you know, having one certain nemesis. But I, I don't think that either one of those shows is going to 
be like a Grimm or you know one of those type of shows. Grimm Grimm has a way that you know they, it's written really it's a well. Twist. Yeah, yeah, it always has that twist to it, and it's cool and to see. It. It's cool to see how you know the Grimm fairy tales and how they they've taken it and developed these characters that can be mm-hmm. in you know modern times and still stay true to what they were in the Grimm's fairy tales. Yeah. So I mean, again, I think with both Sleepy Hollow and Dracula, it's going to be how well are the stories written and how do they connect together? And, you know, do you just feel immersed in the show when you're watching it or are you kind of going, uh, well, this isn't what I remember Dracula being, you know, if, if they can get you to forget that this is Dracula, you know, that you've seen countless amount of times, you know, Halloween parties, video games, movies, whatever. Right. And the same thing with sleepy hollow, you know, yeah, it's, Probably it's certainly not going to, you know, those fans out there who love Johnny Depp in you know the movie version, um, you know, they come to the show expecting to see that. Well, they're certainly not going to. You know, right. I would I would think they're not going to like the show. So um, jumping back want- to the CW, though, they have <laughs> the hundred coming out. Yeah. And to me, just the, even the premise alone just seems stupid. So- you know, it's it's 97 years after a nuclear holocaust on Earth. Humanity's only survivors live on a space station. And it's a bunch of juveniles, you know, delinquents trying to, you know, what, uh, see if the planet's hospitable again? You yeah, know? so it's, uh, you could cut, I would, I'm more, I mean, this one, I'm, I'm more interested in the cast because it's got, um, well, Henry Ian Cusick from Lost and, couple of other really good guest starring roles he did last year on the mentor are we sure this isn't just lost in space yeah that's what i yeah i think it's i mean it kind of gives me that feel i mean they i don't think they're all you know lost in space has been done yeah lost in space um (laughs) but i think i'm it's the key thing i think about the hundred is that it makes me curious to tune in and see where it's gonna go do you think Um, this is going to be cw's standout new show uh, no, standout new show should be the originals, just because it's got uh, a built-in fan base from the Vampire Diaries. Um, the originals being, for those who don't know, it's the spin-off that uh, takes characters that have been on, basically the very, very original vampires who have appeared on the last couple seasons of Vampire Diaries will spin off to New Orleans and have their show. So I would think there's one <clears throat> one new show that's gonna. That would be an automatic for CW would be the originals. So um, we're going to have vampires in New Orleans. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's not going to be any nudity or sex in this one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because True Wait. Blood is yeah. basically New Orleans. New it's Orleans. that, yeah, it's that, you know, Creole environment, you know, down in the bayou. But then again, True Blood just got is canceled. Vampire. Well, no, they're they're finishing out one. They're, yeah, they're going to end up finishing it out. But this is going to be the the tamer version of <laughs> well, it's CW. It's not the HBO. Twilight version. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. and it, you know, and even I, I watched the first season of Vampire Diaries with my wife, and I've watched all the seasons. It just, I, it was I'm like sorry for you, Emily. It no, was the worst I, I thing it. I could watch. It was I like horrible. The, I the books too, but the books suck. Well, they're not as good as the show, actually. Sorry, our, <laughs> I just ahead. I did not enjoy it. I just you know I'm I'm tired of the teeny bopper vampires that are in high school and you know 
oh, I don't want to be a vampire, or I just can't do this. You know, granted, they did have a couple characters that would actually go out and bite people. And, you know, I, I'm sure the show has changed now that they're not, devel- you know, not in high school anymore, but... Yeah, they, well, they just, <laughs> they've been in high, this will be the first year they haven't been in high school coming but up. But they so. did have some really great twists I really was expect. I was not expecting, and I think on a whole, like I said, I read the books, um, at least the first three, I think they've made more now since the show's so popular, but um, the books weren't that great, like, uh, sorry to say this, but the Twilight books were actually better, and uh, the show, I think, really took the premise and made it into something at least worth watching, because um, I have seen all the episodes, and they, yeah, they've done some really unexpected twists that I really approve of, and I like that because I've seen, I, I think, like quite a bit of television and movies, so I feel a little bit jaded when it comes to like, oh, you can't surprise me anymore, you know, kind of thing. Well, yeah, then I mean, again, I, think, I mean, what I really like about The Vampire Diaries is the backstory and the arc. It's very much like Buffy in that way, where there's this whole past, and every so often you get another glimpse into it. Yeah. And, you know, that's real. I mean, that's that's my favorite part of a show, essentially the backstory. Like, I love shows that know their history so well that it's consistent and, you know, they can just keep drawing from it's It's kind of like the creator already wrote a book starting, you know, decades before the show is being seen and has created this entire history. And, you know, it, it being like a you know puzzle solver. You know, I yeah. like seeing how all the pieces fit together. And uh, uh, if I could just say, I think that's where the Mortal Instrument movie went wrong. I saw the Mortal Instrument movie. It's based on these great books, and <laughs> it's really more geared as a TV show, in my opinion. They really should have gone TV and not movie, because it's too much to put in a movie, because they had to do things uh, like so much in so short a time period, but it would have been better as a show. I'm sorry. Are we still talking about Twilight? I just <laughs> tuned no, out there for a little bit. we're talking about Twilight. We're talking about the... I was briefly touching on the Mortal Instruments and how, like the Vampire Diary books, were better off as a TV show. The Mortal Instrument books would have been better off as a TV show as well. Okay, so I want to talk about dads. So this oh, year, yeah. this year we have dads, and then we have mom coming out, <laughs> and we've already seen kids. Do we have sister and brother too? No, we 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 have we've had brothers and sisters. We have hostages, which is how it feels to be in a family. Um, and then we had kids at one point, but now we have Dads, which is Seth MacFarlane's new show, starring uh, yeah Martin Chris Mull, Griffin. Chris Griffin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chris. Yeah, uh, the, the 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 fat kid from Family Guy. Um, uh, Seth Peter, I, Peter Rygart, I really like. I mean, I, he was my favorite character in the Jim Carrey movie, The Mask. Um, but this one's already gotten like controversy because you know it, I don't know they're probably writing it like they you know they probably wrote the pilot like they would write a Family Guy episode where you know you can do things in animation which you know don't go over so well in live you know. Well, I got to watch about ten minutes of it earlier this summer, mm-hmm. and? and I want to like it because I. Yeah, right. I I love Seth Green and Giovanni Ribisi's in it, and I love both of them. But and you know there is so much nerd humor. I think it could be one of those shows that try to use it too much. Yeah, it's too esoteric and people won't get it and they won't like it kind of thing. Uh, it's yeah, try, it, it's like it's trying to be Robot Chicken and Family Guy. See, you also have the Brenda. live action version. Well, and in what I saw, you know, I. I they had Brenda Song in it, and she plays one of like either the secretary or one of their interns or something. 
And the premise of what I saw was that, you know, they were getting ready to meet with some Asian businessmen and they were yeah. trying to win them over. And, you know, you see some of this in the trailer and stuff like or in the commercial and something like that. But they they dress Brenda Song up in a Sailor Moon outfit because that's what Japanese yeah. men like. That's like, yeah. So, you know, it's like, okay, that's funny, but how m- is this show just going to be about the, you know, the family guy slapstick humor that they have? Or yes. is it is it going to be a well-written sitcom that you can get behind? No. Yeah, no. I, I would, I mean, yeah, because I, I don't know if they, they don't have any experience writing that. Right. Well, the to entire me, team is built around, you know, like the cutaways and little gags. And I'm not saying that they won't be able to get into it, you know, and be able to write act. But I don't think they're used to actually writing what people would expect from a live action right. sitcom. And what I'm afraid they, of with this show is this is one of those shows that, you know, if you sat down and smoked a bowl with it, then <laughs> it, you know, it'd work. Yeah. You know, and I don't want it to be that. I want it to be, you know, a good sitcom. But, you know. Fox you really have Seth MacFarlane on it. It's not going to be a good Well, I, see that's the uh, problem. It's Fox, Sorry. but it's also Fox and Fox doesn't do well with your typical sitcoms. For the last like 3 years, Family Guy has stopped being funny, you know, in my opinion. It's, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, cuz he's worn himself so thin. Yeah. I mean, it's just I don't see him coming up with a, a good story or good, you know. Yeah, something. I feel like you can't focus. It's just going to be like slapstick comedy and you're going to laugh because it's just something funny. It's not like on the writing or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I I'm afraid Mom is going to be the same way, you know. You have oh, Yeah, I mean I, I don't aside from um oh god, what's her name? Bypass Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris? No, 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 no. She uh the the one who can actually act. Uh Allison Janney. Um, not to say that Anna Faris can't, oh, but she's, yeah, she's mostly it. known for you know movies where she plays you know ditzy blondes and whatnot. Um, well, see, I, and I don't know, I don't know a whole lot about the show. I mean, I, I just from what I've seen in a couple passing commercials, but it seems like both the mom and the daughter are in um, a twelve-step program or something, and uh, you know it's the, about their relationship or the, this their dysfunctional relationship. Yeah, uh, I mean the daughter Anna Ferris's character is in the twelve step program, and then um, you know I probably suppose she she herself is a mom, and then I think Allison Janney plays her mom. So I think it was going to be you know which mom are they talking about? Because you know Allison Janney is certainly an acting heavyweight. Um, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I, this this one I was surprised this is a CBS show because it just doesn't feel like. Well, it goes right along with um, Two and a Half Men. And, you know, and they're putting it in, uh, I think it's you know, after the Big Bang Theory, so they're trying to carry yeah, that. Yeah, it's Chuck Lorre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, which I think Chuck Lorre is now running himself you know, a bit thin. You know, oh, yeah, with four, four different four shows, shows on yeah. that network now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I stopped watching Two and a Half Men after the musical episode last year. That's when I saw it jumping over large uh, swimming objects with sharp teeth whoa dave we just kind of had a we lost you for a second got but we got rid of the static oh well it sounds like your mic went down there we go or you're covering it or something uh i went went to get a drink of water but uh, Uh, you um, see that's what uh, you did wrong uh, you got water my goodness uh, hydration Oh. <laughs> um, so, anyways, back to Chuck Lorre. CBS is going to change their name to the CLB or CLS yeah. section. 
Um, but I, 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 I don't think, I mean, I would, I'm surprised two and a half men didn't end last year, but I, I would imagine this will be, I, it's gotta be getting ready to go out. You know I mean? Uh, just from a, a cost perspective of, you know, how much they've got to be paying. Well, and especially since, you know, I mean, Kusher just did have, you know, jobs, which was really successful. So, you know, he's going to start wanting to move back into television again. So it's, yeah, I, I think as soon as their current contracts are up, they're done. Yeah. I, so I would, I mean, that'll take one off his plate. And Mike and Molly isn't coming back to like mid season um, to give, I think, uh, Melissa McCarthy. Right. And she's going to, yeah, she's going to, that one's going to be gone too before long. And not because it's not a good show or a funny show, it's just because Melissa McCarthy is becoming so popular with film. Yeah. So. Uh, ABC has the Goldbergs. That's a uh, comedy as well. Yeah, that. I mean, this this is the one. I mean, this is the one I'd prefer. This is like one of my most anticipated ones of the year, just because of the cast. Yeah, um, it looks it looks funny. My my issue though is that with the experience that I've seen on TV shows about the '80s, none mm-hmm. of them have made it past the first season. Right. Yeah, that's so, the only. I'm, I'm kind of wondering what the the Americans bring. have. The Americans is now going to the second show, but that's not a comedy. But Americans is also <laughs> not an eighties space. It's the seventies, isn't it? No, it's eighties. Uh, During well, Cold War, yeah, is it turn of the seventies? It's 80s? yeah, it's a late eight, late seventies, but it you yeah. know because you have you it's still moving into the eighties, right? Yeah, but it's also not like the American eighties culture. That's what I, yeah. that's no. what I mean more about. And I'm I'm kind of wondering, you know, if they're trying to appeal to people who were not alive in the eighties, or you know, are they trying to you know? <laughs> get you know like a lot of us who grew up and watched tv in the 80s you know loved those you know dopey abc you know tgif <laughs> shows yeah you know are they trying to you know get nostalgia viewers for that kind of thing or you know so i'm not really sure where it's going i'm just kind of excited about mm-hmm. the cast well it, yeah the premise of the show kind of reminds me of uh, uh i love huckabees mm-hmm. you know to, to a small degree you know with the family dynamic and everything so yeah, it, and then we'll, I, I can imagine all these characters yelling at each other. So right. So I mean, it, it could me work. Of, uh, family Matters from way back in the day. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Except you yeah. didn't have family. Family Matters didn't really have any yelling. You know, any of those set com- sitcoms from the '80s or anything, except for it Roseanne. Can, he would yell at Urkel all the time. Except it was it wasn't more, uh, yeah, but it was more of a. A stern talking to. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it was more of a frustration, but, you know, you, you never felt like Urkel was in danger or being threatened in any way. Well, no, but that was the 80s. It wasn't like, I mean... Well, that's, you know, that's... that's that, well, like, I mean, you, like, in the Honeymooners, same idea, like, you know, you'd threaten or be like, ah, but it wouldn't be Life like... Theater. Yeah, you wouldn't think that they're actually going to do anything. It's just frustration. Like, people don't just randomly go, well, psh, you know, and hit people. You think this is uh, called the Goldbergs because the uh, executive producer's last name is Goldberg? Hmm, I wonder. <laughs> that must be really unusual. either that or maybe they're really a prominent Jewish family. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe he gets extra money if he names the show after himself. Did he get? Gosh. He ran out of names, you know. <laughs> the uh, creativity the, uh, ended there. The CBS. They, C- they yeah, couldn't the, think of a CBS. title for it, so they just said, "Oh." Mr. Goldberg. We're going to name it after Goldberg. Okay. So, Hostages. <laughs> yeah, this is a show I'm, I don't, I'm not going to be watching just because uh, I don't... It, I mean, 
I don't know, I've been sold wrong on shows before. Like The Good Wife, the premise was that, you know, it was basically going to be about this woman who stood on the sidelines, you know, and was just, you know, like the Hillary Clinton to Bill Clinton, you know, right. Bill Clinton got, you know, indicted and all that junk. Um, but this but is one of those shows that doesn't seem like it has longevity to it. Uh, no, yeah, because it, it, it sounds like a, the only, because th- I think I wrote a blurb on my blog about, like, okay, what are they going to do in season two? Are these, is the same family going to be hostages, or... You're going to take another family. A new family. You're going to take someone, new family hostage, or, you know... So, it, it, these people just go out and kidnap <laughs> surgeons no, no, that no, are no, going to operate so, on the president. So here, here's the premise of season two. The people that are being held hostage now take the ones that are holding them hostage <laughs> hostage. <laughs> and it just switches back and forth each season. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, but I mean, there have been, I, I struggle to bring them to mind, but there've been shows whose like initial premise. I've wondered like how they even going to get a second episode, let alone a second season. And it ends up working, but I'm just not interested in a show where it's one of the, it's like the first season of 24 where the audience know who's, who's the good guys and what's going on. But a lot of the characters in the show don't. And it just makes you frustrated as a viewer that, uh, okay, like why aren't all of, you know, how do you not know this? Are you not watching yourself on TV? Yeah. It's it's like, hello. You know, so I can't watch shows where the audience knows Hmm. like, especially like who's good and who's bad. Right. And, well, after People reading the premise, I was like, "This ju- this would make for a better movie, movie rather yes. than TV show." Mm-hmm. Well, and I so, think that's what they're kind of trying to do is take some of these properties that you know would be a movie and just turn it into you know a TV show. Um, so but I mean, the casting on it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, these are big names with uh, you know Tony Collette and Dylan McDermott. But you know, if, you know, it doesn't matter who you put in a show. Well, it's yeah. just, I, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like you and a, a lot of people that, you know, I've talked to about this show. It's just, you're sitting there going, how, how, how can it continue? Yeah. What, how long are they going to hold them hostage before, you know, it just runs itself into like, if you just by the name alone, it feels like it's just going to be a bottle episode after, you know, week after mm-hmm. week. Yeah. Um. So I love Tony Collette, so I would see anything she's in, but. United States of Terra, you know, couldn't last even though she was amazing in it. She was so. amazing in that. She was amazing in that. Oh, are we are we just repeating things three times now, or did I just hear an echo? <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, echo. The satellite picked uh, up a, a lens come flare. Come on, Ethan, you're supposed to be taking care hey, of it. Hey, a solar flare. Hey, what can I say? I was trying to get it to catch so that <laughs> when people are playing this drinking game that they have to take three <laughs> shots instead of one. I'm trying to get people drunk. What can I say? So, well, anyways... Blair Underwood's returning to NBC. In in the non-remake of in, Ironside. Yes. As, as they're billing it. Where, I guess, it, it, aside from the name and the wheelchair <laughs> and something else, it's it's not a remake. And even, I, don't, I saw an ad last night watching, like, the Giants-Cowboys game. And, like, you hear Blair Underwood, I guess he uh, affects, like, an accent in this kind of, like, uh, I'm Ironside. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like oh, hey, Blair, what you doing? Um... I, it's. I mean, this is this is NBC's, you know, procedural essentially. Yeah, they're like, new NYPD. Let's, let's try to make something that can get a second season because we, you know, killed all but you know one of our new shows last year. So mm-hmm. let's. You know. 
But yeah, I, they I needed to kill all those shows last year. Yeah, they they yeah, every sitcom that was new gone. Yeah. Revolution was the only show that. Revolution and Grimm, as far as yeah, new shows, yeah, because Grimm's was in its second season, yeah. So Revolution and well, Parenthood's been around and Parks right. and Recreation, um, but yeah, Revolution was the only. Well, it's funny I, because I see NBC do well with dramas, and when they come up with comedies, it just doesn't do well. So. I see NBC do well when it starts with the words "Law and Order." <laughs> <laughs> well, or or if anything was done with by Dick Wolf. <laughs> yeah, that would be the yeah, Lauren, yeah. Uh, so well, if they call it Law and Order Ironside, then so speaking of sold. NBC and comedies, yes, yeah. Michael J. Fox is returning to NBC. Yeah. It's like it's like the '80s all over again. We yeah. have Blair mm-hmm. Underwood on NBC, and we have Michael J. Fox on NBC, and then a show yeah. about the '80s on ABC. ABC, yeah. It's so again another big name, basically. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I guess a lot of shows have the famous name here. Right. Show. Well, we also um, have Robin Williams back on television too, so it's it. You know, it's yeah. mind blowing how we've gone back to you know certain people being back on television that were big. And maybe we you know, twenty have years to. ago. <laughs> it's just well, like yeah, maybe we had we're to. We're old people. People born in the eighties. These, <laughs> these guys will all be new TV wise. So uh, except for well, Michael J. Fox, depending on how early in the eighties they were born and if they saw Spin City. Right. Well, this, oh, but I this show, show, this show worries show. me though because yeah. I, yeah. I love Michael J. Fox, but I'm just worried it's going to be, you know, hey, f- the network is going to make it be, hey, feel sorry for me because I have Parkins. And Parkinson's. Every <laughs> every commercial I've seen, it's the butt of every joke. Oh, yeah. Well, I, and I if, I if anyone is doing that, I would say it's Michael himself. Yeah. So I, would, I think you just have, you know, I think Michael wanted to be, I mean, the, Michael was perfectly happy, you know, not being on TV. And, you know, so I think, I don't think NBC would play that up, but I think he's very upfront about it. And it know, might be also getting people to like tune in for the first episode, you know, like, oh, look, yeah. he's, you know, and then from there on, that'll be lighter on that. They won't well, probably use it as well, Also to maybe get him, get used to him when you see him on TV. Yeah. moving about all over the place yeah well yeah I mean, one, of the, hit, one of the one of the first commercials that they showed was him trying to butter toast at pre- brother's wife's toast at pre- uh, breakfast i can't even speak at now pregnus? at pregnus at buttering pregnant. his wife toast at breakfast and he's trying to do it and you know he's shaking the whole time and the butter keeps falling and he picks it up and keeps trying it over and over again and she finally says just give it to me you know this doesn't have to be some kind of self you don't need a win right now yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah, but I think that's, I mean, that's very much Michael J. Fox and his openness about this and mm-hmm. trying to make people comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think most of the people, you know, certainly in America, America. Uh, of our age, you America. know, here Parkinson's, you know, Michael J. Fox has been a big reason why that disease has so much. Uh, well, him and Muhammad Ali. Play, yeah, um, but I, again, I think Muhammad's like um, you know, an earlier generation, mm. right? Um, you know, and it often takes you know, essentially, someone in Hollywood, you know, to bring something like this to light. And you know, he's done a lot with getting funding for research and stuff like that. So, um, I really don't see NBC, you know, soaking up like sympathy kind of stuff. 
I think Michael just does that because he's that type of person, like, you know, just like me and my nerdiness. You know, I grew up a nerd. I use that. You're a nerd? No one, way. Yeah, well, that's, that's a sh- yeah, no one. No, you can't only be listeners to this podcast know, so you know everyone keep it on the down low. But <laughs> so there's you, not that many people to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you you play to you know a lot of comedy is you know what makes either you uncomfortable or someone else uncomfortable. So you often take a person you know you take your what you see as your defects or whatnot and you make light of them so that other people are more comfortable with them. Right. Um, I would think a lot of these commercials are ideas that you know michael's had or at the very least you know certainly okayed oh i'm sure know. and i i just yeah. I, I i just don't want this show and i hope this show's not going to be you know just a, a very w- special episode yeah i hope it's just not going to be a one note show too you know i i hope you know it, it's in there it's part of it but michael j fox is such a great comedian and he's done you know everything he's yeah. been on television with just about has been comedies and yeah. he has such a good timing that i hope that they allow that to be the premise of the show and the you know the mm-hmm. jokes of the show instead of just you know the Parkinson's disease. Yeah, yeah no, he's a I great think, actor. I think too. that's just going to be that's the character. You mm-hmm. know, he's a character with Parkinson's, and now he's going to do funny stuff. Yeah. Okay, or so he might, like he might pull an Ally McBeal. Remember, like I don't remember his name, but he was the little the guy from Sophie's Choice who uh, was on Ally McBeal, and how sometimes he would take little effectures of himself to like throw off the opposing counsel or to, to win his case for him. Like he would use those things that people would assume uh, would be like, Oh, feel sorry for that. Or that's kind of weird and use that to his advantage. So it might even go in that direction. Like maybe he'll use his Parkinson's to, uh, you know, to his advantage in certain situations. His character, his, he's going to play like an on-air anchor, you know, like a TV. So, you know, you can imagine Mm. (laughs) hijinks ensuing there. Um, So, It's the only thing I'm worried about with this show is like the supporting cast, which, you know, they're minor names. None of them really stick out. Right. None of them really go to me. Oh, I'm excited to see them, you know, act with Michael. You know, it's basically I'm I'm interested to watch Michael and hopefully the writing's funny enough that the rest of the people on the show don't annoy me. So what do we think about uh, the Millers that's going to be on CBS? Not to be confused with Meet the Millers. <laughs> or the Goldbergs or yeah. anybody else with a the. Wait, is the one of the producers' last name Miller? Uh, let's check. Uh, um, no, I don't think so. No. Oh, okay. So uh, they're no, going with one, a different... Of course is, not, because uh, Miller's not a I'm, Jewish name, so you know, it would make <laughs> it in Hollywood. Uh, this one's from uh, the guy behind My Name is Earl and uh, Raising Hope. So well, We have um, Will Arnett and Bo Bridges, which is, you know, yeah. both of them are great. This, I mean, it has the feel of, it's one of those ones that, oh, you know, you're excited, like, oh, this could be great comedy, and you're just worried it being on CBS, the bar is so high on CBS ratings-wise that, you know, especially it's it's in the slot right after Big Bang Theory, so. So what you're saying is it could be another shit my dad says? Well, I think, I mean, I think that would... I feel that one was basically a one-note premise that was like, hey, there's this cool Twitter idea. Let's make a show about yeah. it. Which, <laughs> this this is not that, but I have... It's a sense that it... I mean, yeah. Uh, that show got fairly good ratings, but it wasn't... You know, enough, It would have been great on any other network, but that's the thing with this one. Well, I think it's this gonna, one could get lost with all the other sitcoms that are on there. Especially well, this season. Well, they comedy block, uh, you know... I don't, I don't, I don't know. If, especially putting it after Big Bang, it's just going to be 
will it be able to keep ratings following Big Bang that CBS is going to be okay with? Well, if you put it after Big Bang and before Two and a Half Men, you should be able to carry that. Their hopes is to carry that audience. Crazy ones will go before. Um, Thursday night's going to be Big Bang, The Millers, Crazy Ones at nine, and then Two and a Half Men will be after Crazy Ones before Elementary. I thought Mom was uh, Crazy Ones. You were talking about the people watching. Like, oh, the Crazy Ones. Those kooky people. So then Mom is actually on, what, Monday nights? Monday nights after Two Girl Girls, yeah. (laughs) It's kind of getting, like, sexist. You got Moms and Two Girl Girls, and you got Two and a Half The show before that is called We Are Men. So you have Men, Girls, Mom, and Mother on Monday. Okay. Too many shows about moms and dads yeah. this season. So, um, I, the Miller thing, it's, it, it's fun. I think, yeah, it's Will Arnett's character moves back in with his parents. Um, and Will Arnett is, you know, funny, you know, eating cheese or something. I don't know, whatever. Whatever is really boring that everyone else does, you know, Will Arnett can make funny. But, it, again, it's funny though. eating cheese. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, is CBS, you know, it doesn't do well enough to meet CBS's high standards. So, going back to NBC real quick about, with another comedy, Sean Saves the World. Yeah. This, um, you know, Sean Hayes, who, you know, no one really, Will he has no relevance anymore. From other than he, being the uh, executive producer and creator of Grimm. Right. Um, but, you know, as far you know, his last acting role was, what, Three Stooges? Uh, the movie. Oh yeah, that was a movie, wasn't it? And then yeah, you know, um, go back to Will and Grace, but you Grace, know, I, yeah, I just I this show I just I don't care about it at all. Yeah, no, I, um, I'm, I'm kind of right there. Uh, it's, it's basically I mean you look you see the advertisements or you see a print version. He's got the smile on. It makes you just think, oh, it's Jack from Will and Grace. Right, and then you know he has a teenage daughter and. You know, he's already so flamboyant that it's yeah. it's almost like I just can't. Well, I think even in the show, his he plays a gay man. That's for the whole reason yeah. why him and his wife got right. Divorced. And that's supposed to be what the comedy's out of. You know, that he's a gay man raising a teenage daughter. Da 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 da. It's just like, eh. yeah. It's I I I feel like this got a spot on schedule because NBC is hoping for another Will and Grace, and because. Maybe he's got some clause in there related to Grimm. Like, hey, if you keep Grimm, you got to bring me back for a show. So I mean, I'm surprised they gave this the Thursday at 9 time slot. I, I, well, I really uh, don't. Isn't that the Will and Grace time slot? It's, yeah, the old Will and Grace, yeah. So they're hoping that maybe he can spark magic again there? Yeah, I mean, it's. I would have put the Michael J. Fox show at 9 and Sean Saves the World at 9.30, but they did it the opposite way. Well, right? it's probably because they're wanting to make you know Sean Saves the World a little bit more racy than what the Michael J. Fox show uh, would be. Yeah. Um, so I, but I, I, uh, yeah, I don't, um, I mean, I've got it on my prediction list. I, you know, I, when I broke down all the shows, about a third of them, I didn't see lasting a season. This is one of them I saw lasting one season and then being you know canceled like NBC decided to cancel like everything last year. Right. One day. Well, minute can't make a decision. Then all the networks are getting to be, you know, they have their hit and misses, and most of the time it's misses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You look at it's like the network or the studio or whatever. The people who make the decisions 
aren't the people who should be making the decisions. Right. But yeah. see, a lot of the times it's not because, uh, you know, the studio, I, I say the studios, but a lot of times, you know, it's not their fault because viewers nowadays mm-hmm. don't really care about scripted shows. All they care about is yeah. the next reality show that's going to be on there because they don't have to be invested in it. You know, and, and networks love them because they don't have to spend a lot of money on money. Them. Yeah, I don't like reality shows that much at all. I don't. I haven't. I've never. I watched the second season of The Real World, and that was it. I, I've I, ugh, reality is just gross. It's just people. I think the only reality show. If I want reality, I go outside. I think the only reality <laughs> show I end up watching is like Master Chef. That's not like true. You watch Pawn Stars. You watch not religiously. Storage Wars. You watch all Religi- of them. Not religiously. Okay, so there are people who watch like religiously. Okay, so you don't watch it religiously. So that no, I watch. I watch shows like during it. What was that? Yeah, there. Yeah, we it? do actually. I have. I have a preacher come and. Oh yeah, I got and garbs and stuff. Exactly. He's In the holy he, book of Master Chef. He's he's wanting to make Pawn Stars a uh, <laughs> a religion. Yeah. <laughs> I watch those are like the guilty pleasure shows. You watch them every once in a while. So a minute ago you mentioned We Are Men. This show yeah. potentially, when you look at the casting on Cast, it, yeah. looks like it could be a, a phenomenon. Uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> when you read the premise of the show, <laughs> you go, "Uh, really? How did you sign these people on for this?" Yeah, it's. Well, you you imagine, I mean, the thing with a lot of people, you know, I'm, they're probably, you know, Tony Shalhoub, uh, Jerry O'Connell, Cal Penn, probably being paid, you know, a bit of money to be on this show. Um, but then jobs being what they are, I guess you, you know, just take whatever you can get nowadays. Right. Well, um, Jerry O'Connell hasn't been doing a lot since, you know, uh, yeah, since he, ba- since he married down. Rebecca. Oh my well, God. yeah, what, Love that you, show. what the thing is that if you don't need to work, you know why? You know why? Why bother work? Your your wife's working. <laughs> Maybe you love what you do, yeah. so you want to work. That's never the case. It's all about money, no, dude. It it is sometimes. It's all about I'm money. A driver who seriously loves what he does and. <laughs> well, Cal Penn has he you know he he seemed to fallen into what they've done with a lot of actors who's shown up on you know guest starring roles on CBS. You know he was on How I Met Your Mother for a while, and now they've given him a, you know a show. And they've done that quite a bit. With you, know, you see a lot of actors and stuff that have been either been on, you know, How I Met Your Mother or Two and a Half Men and things like that. That end up getting their own shows. Um, well, even before that, Cal was on uh, House for two, three years. Right. Yeah. I loved him. Yeah. He did a great job on House. I think he was at, was he he was like either he was on Twenty Four one year, like the third or fourth season. He was either a terrorist or someone they suspected was a terrorist. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first time he was. Like on you know, major network stuff, a lot. But yeah, again, so you know, it's I uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it could work. It, I have a feeling like this is the male version of Two Broke Girls, right? I, I mean, and I I mean, I love Kat Dennings. Like you know, she's like number five on my list. Um, but I feel like Two Broke Girls. Are you sure, often, it's not four and five. Put them ching. It's just. Like that yes, that show it seems to go for like the crass humor so often, and I can't stand how. Uh, I don't know if that, you guys have ever watched it. Um, like I think they have a quota of penis and vagina jokes they have to hit each week. I mean, so that's what I think. I think We Are Men is going to be that same kind of. Mm. It's like the shock, 
right. comedy thing. It's like, so oh, I we think. have some girls saying it. Now we can put on yeah, some guys some, doing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's okay on yeah, our network it, because we have both, you know. Girls do it, yeah. yeah but it, it, it just it, seems more disgusting when guys say it for some yeah. reason. I don't know. Not when you have Tony <laughs> Shalhoub saying it. <laughs> so it's... If you, you have know, Tony Shalhoub making those jokes, it works. Yeah, so... Yeah. I mean, and, and uh, anyone who remembers, you know, Tony started, you know, his first thing was Wings, wings. really. Yes. And, oh, uh, Wings. So, I mean, it wasn't, was it wasn't a, a drama, I mean, even though Monk was kind of a silly kind of drama you know i think a lot of people of recent memory you know remember him for doing you know more dramatic stuff but, right you know, he's certainly got comedy chops but you know it's, i i feel like this is you know i don't know why this is an after two broke girls you know they usually pair shows because they're wanting to get that um yeah they're wanting to continue people that audience. go to bed earlier well, no, they can also <laughs> two broke girls can be a little bit more crass now. They can already, you know, it's basically putting them on before they can apologize for themselves with two broke girls. You know, if they can be sexist all they want towards women in, you know, we are men and then you're getting this, you know, the reverse <laughs> side of that with two broke girls. And, you know, and let's face it, you know, Whitney Cummings her writing and stuff is very very crass. Yeah. So before we take off, I want to get your opinion on the top. Each of you, your t- your opinions on the top five shows of this new lineup. Top five is in what we want. What you watch, What do you think, think is going to be the best shows this fall that are new? Uh, okay, I'll I'll go last. I'll let you guys do it. Well, I know two. <laughs> uh, we didn't actually even touch on one of them today, but. Um, I think Shield will be one of the top for me. I don't know if it'll be a top. These are, in my opinion, what I'm looking forward to watching. So Shield. Oh, so you're you're serious? You're, you're totally ignoring what what, what Rich wanted. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> All right, give like me Angel. give me your opinion of the of the top okay. five shows. I'm excited for Shield. I'm excited for um, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, which we didn't touch on today. Um, ABC show. Yes. Actually, those are both ABC shows. Anyway, yes, they are. Um, those are the two that come to mind of the newest shows. Like I, I'm okay with watching like the. Well, actually, well, some of the ones we've discussed, I'm pretty much okay with checking them out. But like, those are really the only two that I'm like so excited and I don't want to miss. So actually, I'm just gonna say those two for now. And if someone says one, I'll pipe in with like, oh yeah, that too on my list. No, you can't steal anybody else's. <laughs> <laughs> that dibs. No, for me, I would say it'd be. Uh, Obviously, Martin, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, The Blacklist, uh, Crazy Ones, The Goldbergs, and if we're going to have to round it off with the last one, I'm going to have to say... <laughs> yeah, I'd watch The Crazy Ones. Come on, too. get that finger moving uh, faster. Uh, I'll round it off with The Michael J. Fox Show. I'll watch it just because I'm a fan of Michael J. Fox. But. Now... Uh, before I give mine, uh, Emily did bring up the. Um, no, was, you have to give yours now. I will give Everybody mine. Everybody gave yours now. You have <laughs> to give uh, Once now. upon a time in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Um, I want this show to be a success because I love you know Once upon, once a, upon a time. time. Yeah. I'm afraid that it's coming too soon. Now, if they would have waited another couple of years before they put this show out, because I think you know it, it's going to follow the same. Basically, the same worlds from the, the trailers you see. You know, it sees you like Alice is jumping through different dimensions or worlds throughout. You know, the Once Upon a Time universe, and I'm just afraid that you're going to have the same thing happening with both shows. You know, yes, she's going to she's trying to you know find her love and find you know 
prove that she's not crazy or whatnot. But I still think it's going to be a little too soon. And Sebastian, and they want Sebastian Stan to be, yeah. you know, the Hatter, but he's busy right now with Captain America. And you know, the question is: Is he going to end up being on both shows, or is it just going to be a brand new Hatter? And I think that the fans of Once Upon a Time won't accept a new Hatter. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I would think he'll come back. He'll I come mean. back. I think they're going to skirt the issue at first and focus more on Alice. And if they do do him, like reference him or show him from the back or whatever, and then try and get him to come on board later. When one of the commercials they showed, they did. You do see the Hatter, and it almost looks like the Johnny Depp version of the Hatter. You know, but you don't really see his face. So they could do that where you have, you know, a hatter sitting there, but you, he doesn't look up or something. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I, th- I think, like, I would say even with S.H.I.E.L.D., I still think this uh, Once Upon a Time is the biggest question mark on right. the schedule. Because I, one thing I'm, j- I'm j- I have a, it almost feels like a, like a one-off kind of thing. Like, you know, they'll, they'll do a season of it. Right. Um, and then, you know, it, it'll just be like a self-contained you know, one season deal. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I still don't know if it's, you know, just designed to last a season. I, I wasn't, when I first heard it, I thought it was maybe going to be like a, a 13 episode thing or maybe a mini series or actually I got confused. I ended up thinking it was going to be once upon a time in Neverland because, <laughs> well, know, that's actually the what the line was going in once right. upon a time. If anyone watched the second season, it had heavily to do with those characters near the end of the season. So I thought, Oh, that makes sense. And then I, well, it looks it like, it looks like once upon a time, the main story, you know, the, the main show is going to stay in Neverland for much of this season. The season. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so um, I think the, my biggest worry is, is now that the creators are running two shows, and this has happened to a lot of creators, is the creativity of the original going to slip right? while they focus on... Because it takes a lot of work to get a new show up and running. Yeah. Um, I remember Buffy and Angel. Uh, mm-hmm. it, when they started up Angel, it was the fourth season of Buffy, and it was a fun season, but it was... It, it didn't hold the, the same. stronger yeah, seasons. exactly. Um, so, okay, my top five... Um, I'm going to have to go with S.H.I.E.L.D. as number one because I am a big Marvel fan. And it's probably the most anticipated show of the season. My number two, I'm probably going to say The Crazy Ones, then Goldberg's. Um, I think that um, Sleepy Hollow is going to be number four. Oh, yeah, that'll be my fourth. It's just because I, I think that it's going to be, okay, the pun is intended, the dark horse here. Uh-huh. Uh, there's no pun. Uh, there. Excuse me. I Just have, other than I'm feeling ill. Yeah. Thanks. And then uh, the blacklist. I think those are going to be the top five shows. And I, now, I think. No. Again, what do you want? The five I'm I, I'm most want to see. Or the five that I think are going to be the most likely to. Well, you know, for you, since you are a TV guru, I want to get both. And I, I do think that I do think that um, that Wonderland is going to be one of those shows that is going to do very well. But I don't like I'm like with you. I, I don't know how long this thing's going to last or, you know, Forever. but I and, I and I really I hope it doesn't take away from, you know, the yeah, first show. So, yeah, give me your uh, give me your uh, top five that you think first, watch. Okay. that you want to watch. I guess the five that I'm most anticipating. Let me read down my list here. Uh, uh, Shield, uh, the Tomorrow People, Almost Human, the Millers, the Goldbergs. 
So mostly sci-fi and comedy there. Uh, Wonderland finished sixth for yeah. those of you. Who That's care. okay. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, well, there were only eight shows on the list that I rated as eh. That, you know, I'm like, uh, yeah. um, but I guess there's only about 24 shows new anyway. Uh, and then uh, I predicted one, two, three, eight shows would last more than a season. Uh, and they would be from the one I'm most sure. I would say the blacklist is the biggest guarantee. And then the originals, the Goldbergs, the Tomorrow People. Mom, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Sleepy Hollow, and the Michael J. Fox show. And I guess I'll put Originals as my number five since I didn't have a five and I do watch Vampire Diaries. So Blah. there's my list. Um, yeah, and <laughs> some of those that I predict will be around, like Mom, like I'm not really looking forward to watching, but I think because Chuck Lorre owns CBS. Right, and he, well, <laughs> everybody thought Mike and Molly wasn't going to last past its first season either when they first announced it, but, you know, it's done very well. And Chuck, most Chuck Lorre shows do yeah, yeah. extremely well. Dharma and Greg was, I think, was, the, was that the first one? That's the first one I remember. Um, At least him creating. Oh, I think it might be the first one that he actually created himself. But I know that he, you know, he helped out on shows, and you know, he he was a like a writer, yeah, that writing, head writing, yeah. and things like that. So, anyways, if you want to weigh in on this topic, you can go to facebook.com backslash nerdables, or visit us on Twitter at nerdables show, and use hashtag dashing tvlicious so we can keep them all together. Yes, well, I'm, I'm, I'm one whole. Wow, that's a, that's a that's right. You thing. are now going. It has nothing to do with dashing, Dave. Dashing TV licious. Dashing TV licious. Lord, how do you, maybe, I think you're thinking. I don't think of most people know how to spell that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, then just go dashing TV. How about that? Well, All right, maybe just hashtag out. like yo. Hashtag. Well, then, then everybody's gonna think it's Breaking Bad. What about uh, has, <laughs> just hashtag? hashtag? Just a hashtag. hashtag? Yeah. yeah. Also, you can head over to nerdables.com for all your nerdy news, as well as visiting Dashing Dave's TV Licious column. And? And you can go to YouTube. Nudge, nudge. We're plugging ourselves here. And oh, you, right. you can go to YouTube. I'll get you to plugs. You can go to YouTube and to facebook.com backslash nerdables to check out Jaina Solo Says. Yes, that's emarsh zero zero zero. We're waiting for something else with yeah, that. Yeah. No, that's it. That's it. That's like that's the YouTube channel. So oh, you the YouTube channel is emarsh zero zero zero. And w- where else can we find you, Emily? Um, I mean, what's your house address? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find me, I guess, technically on Facebook and via the Nerdable site. And if you, you know, even if you just go to YouTube and. Um, do a search for Jana Solo says it'll uh, at least pull up one or two of my videos. And Mr. Dashing, what are you up to these days? Uh, I think like five, nine and a half. <laughs> uh, doctors a while ago. Um, uh, if people want to know what you. I'm doing, they can just go to dashingdave.com. That's the easiest. And you know, if they want to. Uh, check out Super Toad and Pluey. They can click on the link, or if they want me to answer a physics question for their homework, they can click on that link, too. So. <laughs> um, Engineer yeah, Ethan, they... you got anything going on? Uh, well, there's this one. No. Um, any Not that you want to talk about, about yet? 
There's nothing going on at all. Well, for <laughs> Ethan, Emily, Dave, I'm R.A. Rain saying don't forget to have a Nerdables week. Ah!